and This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. The family is at stake whether you realize it or not. And today we're going to discover how the globalist agenda, I hate to use that term, but it is true. The globalist agenda cannot be fulfilled until the family is basically dismantled. In other words, until the family is, for all practical purposes, destroyed. And so today on Viewpoint, we're going to see exactly how that has worked, how it is working, and what the stage is that we are at with regard to the destruction of the family. You know, Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, has made the statement You've probably heard it said, certainly if you've been listening to this program, he says, you'll own nothing and be happy. That's the globalist dream. You'll own nothing and be happy. Well, the first thing to fall is property ownership. And with the fall of property ownership, there's only one thing else to fall other than your freedom of religion, and that is the family. The family is is the foundation. And as the scripture says, if the foundations be destroyed, what then can the righteous do? So, the question is, what can we do, seeing that the intent and goal of the globalists to introduce a new world order governed exclusively by a godless government, what can we do in the face of their intent to destroy the last vestige of God's ordination for humankind on the planet, the family. That's what we're at here today on Viewpoint, and I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, uh, a talk that transforms, and perhaps this would be a good way to open up the program today with the announcement by a Virginia lawmaker, a Democrat, who is planning to introduce a bill which would charge parents with a crime if they do not affirm their child's gender identity. Yes, that is correct. It came out today. Democratic Virginia delegate Elizabeth Guzman's bill would expand the state's definition of child abuse and neglect to include parents who fail to accept their child's sexual orientation or gender identity, which could mean not using a child's preferred pronouns and name. And that could possibly result in a misdemeanor or even a felony, even having the child taken away. Guzman said if a child reports that their parent is not accepting of their gender identity or sexual orientation, Child Protective Services will be involved, as well as the police. Now, I want to share with you, as a veteran attorney, one who spent 40% of his practice for those 20 years in the largest family court in the nation, the Los Angeles Superior Court System. How many times 
have I had to deal with the family court? How many times have I had to deal with child protective services? Now, the illusion is that they're there to protect the child. The reality is not necessarily. What they are there for, because most of those folk are radically liberal in their politics and in their thinking. They believe that government knows best as to how to take care of your children. Because actually, they're not really your children. You're raising the children for the government. That's their viewpoint. Now, they may not tell you that's their viewpoint, but if you're around them long enough, you know that is their viewpoint. Not everyone, but that is the predominant in child protective services across the country. Now, that being the case, once your child is exposed to child protective services, for all practical purposes, it's 80% over for you as a parent. Now, the Child Protective Services, CPS as it's frequently referred to, has taken over and they have become, shall we say, the surrogate parents for your children, and you have no more say. No more say. The only way you will get any more say is if some court, against the wishes of CPS, decides to give you back your parental rights. In other words, your parental rights are not foremost. What's foremost is the perception and belief that the government actually owns your children, they are property of the government, and you are the caretaker to raise them on behalf of the government. Or, as they would say, society. Do you then see how, from the the hyper-liberal's viewpoint, children become property? They're not for you to raise as a God-given mandate to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and to prepare them for a life of worship and godly service. No, that's not their viewpoint at all. In fact, more and more over the past 30, actually, I would say 45 years, the increasing inference and influence of CPS, Child Protective Services, And those who are behind them, even many within the police departments who are working with CPS, their view is that you really don't have a right to teach your children about God. You don't really have a right to teach your children because they're not really your children. Actually, remember, your children are not your children. You are merely surrogates for the government to raise them. And if you won't raise them according to the dictates of the government, then the government will remove you from the picture, and now CPS or some other source is going to take dominion over those children because, after all, they are not yours. Please hear me. This is how it works. How many times have I seen a parent who has been presumed guilty until proven innocent in any kind of child abuse situation in the courts? A parent is presumed guilty unless proven innocent, and it's almost impossible to prove your innocence. 
almost impossible. And the courts will always do this. Well, they'll say, the court is going to err on the side of caution. Well, the side of caution is always in favor of the government, not in favor of the parent. Now, I'm sharing these things with you in the context of this announcement from a Democratic uh, Virginia delegate, Elizabeth Guzman, who has declared today that she's going to introduce a bill that will have the effect of mandating every parent to agree with every whim of their child at any given moment if they think they're transgender, if they think they're male, if they think they're female, if they think they're a uh, uh, whatever. Maybe they think they're a donkey. I don't know. Whatever the child thinks at a moment, if the parent does not agree, the child then can go to some individual, maybe a school counselor, complain, and it's all over for that parent. Please listen. We're talking about the globalist intent to destroy the family. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. If there's anything that we should be passionate about other than the salvation of people's souls, it should be the protection of our families and our children, our God-given responsibility to raise them as sons and daughters of the creator of the universe and his son, Jesus Christ. But that very goal is despicable to the minds and hearts of globalists. They cannot countenance that kind of thinking. To them, you are a despot if you as a parent think that way because you are exercising control over your children, which are not really yours, what belong to the government. And your responsibility is to be the caretaker for them on behalf of the government. And if you don't do what they say, then you are going to bear the burden. Now, that having been repeated and said, as we talked about in the first segment of the program, this Elizabeth Guzman in Virginia, this Democrat's plan is in response to Republican Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin's revised transgender model policy proposed in September, which requires parental permission if a student wishes to change their name or pronouns at school. Under Yunkin's policy, students are also required to use bathrooms and locker rooms that correspond with their biological sex. That, my friends, has been the pattern from the beginning of history, hasn't it? But the Democrats are not satisfied with that pattern. They have become the engine of globalism. And in order to carry out the final steps of globalism, it is necessary to destroy the family. Nicole Neely, president of parental rights group Parents Defending Education, called Guzman's plans, quote, 
a full-blown assault on parental rights and said families will not stand for it. Question, will you? You see, we're in a position now where we do have the opportunity to speak. As it has frequently been said, speak now or forever hold your peace. Speak now or forever hold your peace. This is a time when true, godly parents must speak. Must speak. You have no alternative but to speak because God has given you a charge. He's given moms and dads a charge to raise up the children that God has given them as a gift to raise them up on his behalf for the kingdom of God, not for a global government. But the globalist goal is that you'll own nothing and be happy about it. That's their dream. In other words, every individual is going to be completely severed from their God-given responsibilities in the earth and will have only remaining responsibilities to the global government. Now, does that not sound like totalitarianism? Indeed, it is. The only way the globalists can gain their full totalitarian role, which they intend to do, is to destroy the family. That's their goal. And they believe that when they have done that and you realize you don't have any more family responsibility and that you're just, you're just there to be a, a caretaker and the government's really going to do it for you and take over your responsibilities and pay your way, then you're going to be happy. You're going to be relieved of your responsibilities. That's their thinking. Is that true? Now, this is related to the idea of property ownership, not because children are property. No, but they are a God-given trust from God. It's not so much that children are property, but parents not only have a right, they have a responsibility to care for the children that God has given them to fulfill his will. But you see, the government is now increasingly godless, and the globalists are entirely godless. And they want to take dominion over not only your property, but your children. Mrs. Joy Currid is a a Christian, homeschooling mom, avid writer with a baccalaureate degree in English, minor in history and medieval studies, and she says this, My fellow Americans, the opportunity for property ownership is an unalienable right hard-fought and hard-won by our ancestors. Do not hold it lightly. Change the way you think and live before it's too late. The loss of property ownership precedes the loss of your children. This This is the trajectory now of the globalist agenda. I hope you understand what's being said. Now, we can take all of this back, and we can go back to Roe versus Wade in 1973. We can go all the way back to the 1960s with uh, uh, the taking of Bible reading and prayer out of the public schools, and then the Ten Commandments off the school walls in 1982 and so on, Supreme Court decisions. But the reality is 
something greater than that is taking place, or actually more insidious is taking place. It's the application of those things. Or you might say the import of those things. Now, if the Democrat Party is so interested in protecting black America and black families, how do you explain that since 1973, 20 million black babies have been aborted? 20 million. 63.5 million abortions have been performed in the U.S. since that 1973 decision. So, does it surprise you then that nearly 40% of the women who seek abortions are African American? When they only comprise somewhere between 12 and 13% of the total population? So, that means that over 20 million black babies have been aborted during the past 50 years. These globalist Democrats don't give a rip about black America. They are only using black America in order to carry on their agenda and in the process, destroying the very family they claim to be helping. They're the ones that set up Planned Parenthood uh, offices in the various cities of the nation. They're the ones that have done everything they could to protect Roe versus Wade. They're the ones that have received all of the vast monies from Planned Parenthood to support their political campaigns. So, if we want to make a specific application of the globalist intent to destroy the family, we don't have to go very far than to see what they're intending to do as the, shall we say, the heritage of Margaret Sanger, who had intended to destroy blacks in America. That was her goal. To destroy the black community in America. And she and the institutions she set up were supported by black pastors that were seduced to go along with the program, who then became implicit in the globalist agenda that was forming to destroy the black family as the leading, shall we say, point of the spear, tip of the spear, to destroy the family altogether. I'm trying to help us to understand the depths, the applicational depths of things that otherwise escape us when we think just about things like Roe versus Wade or we think about uh, some of these other decisions, they have implication, friends, and their motivations, their motivations drive the implications. It is necessary to understand the motivations in order to grasp the implications. Now, I want to say this before we go further. And in the next segment, we're going to trace the history of how this effort, this globalistic effort to destroy the family has been taking place. You're going to see it in stark reality. It's not hard 
But we do have to remember. Remember, the only thing we learn from history is we don't learn from history. And if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. That's true. And we are repeating it because we don't remember it. So we're going to go through a little exercise for about 12 or 15 minutes in the next segment to remember history going back into about 1960. Okay? Before we do that, I want to suggest to you that one of the clear signs that Jesus is coming back soon is the global effort to destroy the family. In that effort to destroy the family, Jesus didn't put it like that. He didn't put, well, they're going to try to destroy the family. No, what he did say was, they are going to cause children to come against their parents, to testify against their parents, even to have them put to death, They're going to cause mothers to go against the children. Fathers to go against mothers. Everybody's going to go against each other. That's the destruction of the family, friends. And it's going to be, it is being choreographed as we speak by globalist politicians and theorists. That's their agenda. They despise parents who seek to train their children according to the ways, the word, the will, and the ways of the Lord. And they will do anything they can purporting to use the legal system to do it, to gradually strip away the authority and responsibility of parents to perform God's will for their children and grandchildren. Even if it has to put the parents in prison, even if it causes them to urge the children to begin to come against their parents and report on their parents, isn't this kind of a communistic system? Isn't this kind of what happened with secret police and so on there in Nazi Germany? Yes, that's what's happening. That's the only way the globalists can gain dominion over the family, which is the last bastion of defense against their intentions. And Jesus knew about that. He knew what was going to take place. And he warned us about it. He wanted you to be ready. He wanted you to understand that you were going to have to be ready to stand and having done all to stand, that you were going to have to prepare your children and your grandchildren for such a time as this, to help them to understand what was going to come their direction. And so I wrote a book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. All of the forces of our world, the various religions of our world and so on, are gradually being brought together in a final war against the godly family. This is how the globalists intend to take dominion over the entire planet and eradicate 
the last vestiges of the worship of the Creator. It is the Son, Jesus Christ, of, of Jesus Christ, who was the Creator. So I urge you to seriously consider getting a copy of the book Messiah. The book was written to prepare us, to help us to understand more deeply what is taking place, the thinking that is taking place in our world that is so massively deceptive, unveiling the mystery of the ages. $22 will put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. You're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. And please, uh, do not forget to become a partner with us. Uh, these are very, very difficult times. I think you can see that. Uh, what we're sharing with you here today is not pleasant. Uh, we don't really want to hear it, but we need to hear it, don't we? And that's our responsibility here on Viewpoint, to prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Today we're looking at the goal of globalism. Uh, it's an ism. It's a belief system without God. And uh, it, it's a new term for the ancient Tower of Babel, Babelism or Babelism. And uh, that is what's taking place in our time. It's the resurrection of the spirit of Babel or Babel. And uh, yes, it does appear that people are babbling an awful lot. There's no reason. They, when you have a reprobate mind, you don't speak reasonably, but that's exactly how people are speaking, and they're they're uh, uh, carrying sway throughout the society in America and around the world, particularly the Western world. By the way, this is one of the reasons for whatever you think of Vladimir Putin, he's right in at least one sense, and that is that he accuses America and the West of decadence and doesn't want that decadence to infect. Russian society. Can you blame him? But aside from that, we want to take a look at this uh, history of uh, the demise or attack on the family uh, in America starting around 1960. And we're going to see how the mission has virtually been accomplished. It's amazing. 
So here we go. Are you ready? Anchor your seatbelt. So let me ask you a question. Why would anyone, much less a huge number of people, want to destroy the greatest and most successful experiment in government in world history? That is, government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Why would they want to do that? It's because of the repudiation of God as the creator and Christ as Lord. They don't want to have anything to do with it. Therefore, everything else that that stands for must be toppled and replaced. Now, simply because it flew in the face of every political system that previously existed, monarchies, dictatorships, oligarchies, aristocracies, totalitarianism, communism, socialism, systems in which the immense power and abuse of power that these regimes exercise would be vanquished if replaced by the power of the people that the founding fathers of America envisioned. So all of that has to be replaced. The enemies of America thought long and hard about how to destroy this fledgling experiment. It was clear to them that America's strength was a function of three phenomena or three things. Now, this is an article written by Joan Swirsky, and uh, I'm just going to give you some excerpts uh, from this uh, rather lengthy article to help us to understand where all of this is going. So, it was clear to them, these globalists, that America's strength was a function of three phenomena. The first, a fervent belief in God. Next, an equally ardent belief in and passion for the concept of personal freedom. And finally, the most passionate was the embrace, belief, and allegiance to family, its sanctity, and its strength. You see, that was the foundation of everything. And if you destroy those three, our enemies reasoned, the masses that they considered essentially stupid would be forced to rely exclusively on big government, which ultimately will become the new world order. Global government. So, the American haters among us have already infiltrated our public schools. They did that starting with John Dewey. So generation, they contaminated generations of students with anti-American propaganda and anti-God propaganda. They lured both Christians and Jews to abandon their faith and to worship the new God of social justice. They succeeded in the leftist and traitorous infiltration of our military. They rigged elections. And still, the family remains their most desired yet maddlingly elusive target. So, how did all this develop? Well, we can go back to a fellow by the name of Sigmund Freud, uh, very successful, wildly successful in convincing uh, new and free-thinking American public that the genesis of neurosis, phobias, anxieties, obsessions, depression, psychosis, and general psychological malfunction basically was the result of parents' misfeasance or malfeasance in early years of childhood. So he set the stage to make parents uh, subject, suspect. 
Mission number one was to was accomplished. Mothers are not good for children. That was the next. That was the conclusion. The next step in 1960, the Food and Drug Administration (FDA) approved the most world-changing medication in history. The pill. For the first time in world history, women had control over their own reproduction. So, mission number two was accomplished. That was the free sex movement, born and complete redefinition of traditional morality for the family. Three years after the pill, in 1963, a book by Betty Frieden, a housewife with three children shot to the top of the bestseller list, called The Feminine Mystique. Remember that? She said it was the most colossal waste of time for mothers and women to raise children. Completely changing history's understanding, the biblical understanding, that it was a blessing to raise children. Now, between 1960, when the pill came out, and 1963, when Billy, Betty Frieden came out with The Feminine Mystique, the Supreme Court in 1961 and then in 1962 got rid of prayer and Bible reading in the public schools. Mission number three was accomplished. Multi-millions of young women abandoned the once desired goal of early marriage and motherhood. Interestingly, but the 1960s also ushered in the historically unprecedented rash of violent assassinations, even live on TV. In 1970, well, let's see, mission number four accomplished. Many of the college-educated women congratulated themselves on avoiding marriage and especially motherhood. Asking themselves, who wants to bring a child into this world? In 1971, Gloria Steinem said, we're becoming the men we wanted to marry. So she founded the first national feminist magazine. What happened? Mission number five accomplished. The traditional nuclear family was being dismantled by a new generation of women who bought into the notion that making money was better and more important than raising kids. Then, in 1973, came the Supreme Court decision of Roe versus Wade, the right to abortion. Mission number six accomplished. The once most cherished accomplishment of both men and women to be a parent of a newborn baby was reduced to ending that baby's life in the womb. And now, the clock is ticking. Mission number seven was accomplished. Take the joy out of intimacy and sex and make it a mechanical act. The free sex. No responsibility. No liability for what you do. Mission number eight. Then ultimately accomplished. Women out of the home. Children being raised by strangers. The American family being dismantled piece by piece and the government promising to take over your children. Mission number nine, accomplished family concerns take a backseat 
to beeping texts, sex, sexy emojis, Facebook invitations, Instagram images, Hollywood gossip and horrific pornographic sites. And there we are. Mission number 10. Father never mentioned, mother out of the picture, and the premeditated murder of the American family. The premeditated murder of the American family. That's what it is. The premeditated murder of the American family. And what has happened in America has metastasized throughout the Western world. Europe. The whole resurrecting Roman Empire that Daniel, the prophet, says is going to rule the world in the final hours of human history with an iron fist is being born right in front of us without the undergirding of the family. Is this making any sense to anyone out there? This is important. This is very important. God ordained the family. In fact, after the Sabbath, which was the first creation ordinance, marriage was the second creation ordinance, which was the foundation of the family. God intended that there be no family without a marriage. So he said, what I have joined together In other words, if you get married, man must not put asunder. Not it would be better if he didn't put it asunder. He must not put it asunder. So God hates divorce. He doesn't just not like it. He doesn't just not approve of it. He hates it. Why? Because it is a It spells the death knell of the most important institution that he created for the earth, the family. And Christians and their pastors have succumbed to the seduction of the premeditated murder of the American family. It's unbelievable. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. There is a full court press to destroy not only the American family, but the family 
worldwide. It is the ultimate goal of the globalist agenda, if you want to use the word agenda, the globalist belief system. It is globalism. It is a belief system without God. It is man's ultimate effort to become like God. To replace God and essentially become like God. Isn't that exactly what Satan said was his intent? I will be like the Most High. I will ascend to the heights of the north. I will be like the Most High God. So he's doing that through humankind. And we're in the final, final stages of human history. That's why we're taking this so seriously. You may say, well, why don't you just say it a little sweeter? Why don't you just say it a little nicer? Why don't you uh, say it with a little lisp, maybe? No. That's what we've been doing for 50, 60 years, and it doesn't work. No, I didn't leave the practice of law, friends, to speak sweet nothings to people who have been receiving sweet nothings for 50 years from their pastors and parachurch leaders. No, it's time to tell the truth in such a way that it cannot be mistaken. You can't dance around it. Just can't dance around it. It's like uh, one person said years and years ago, you just can't listen to viewpoint and not be changed. In other words, you have to make a choice. That's the message of the Bible. God wants us to make a choice. He gives us the information and the truth so that we will change. And that requires application and understanding the implications so that we can have true transformation, which is what God is after. And that's what this program is about. Now, in the course of building family structures and living them out, we have developed respect among male and female. That respect was portrayed clearly in the Old Testament as to how uh, people were to be treated, even how women were to be treated, how men were to be treated by women. And so that gained application and implications for our society. So uh, we would train young men and young women to respect each other and to keep their separate spaces particularly as they grew into puberty because their sexuality became more prominent, more uh, obvious, and we wanted to protect against things that God warned about and have proper attitudes toward sex and the family. Well, government doesn't like that. Blake Allen and her teammates spoke out when a biologically male student used their locker room. Now, these young girls face heavy criticism, maybe even punishment by the school district. It's an issue that not many parents expect their 14-year-old daughters to grapple with, much less address publicly. A biologically male student identifying as a transgender girl playing on the girls' volleyball team and using their locker room. But this Vermont school district, school officials cite state law allowing for students to use locker rooms and bathrooms that align with their stated gender identity. 
Forget what God created. We're going to change all of that. Then the school superintendent claimed that the coverage of the girls' pushback has sparked hatred and bigotry towards the school district. No, the school district is the one that set this up. The superintendent and the forum did not focus on the most pressing matter at hand, their daughter's discomfort at having a biologically male student in the locker room able to observe them while they are changing. So these girls tell that they are bear, they, are, they bear no ill will towards the trans-identifying student. They just don't believe a biological male should be in their locker room. And they can't understand why school officials seemingly don't care about their feelings and their discomfort. Friends, it's because the school officials have bought into the new globalist agenda, and they don't even realize it. It's the spirit of that agenda that is disemboweling the family and every protection that has been placed for the order and respect in the family. Did you know that the very first commandment with promise in the Bible is about the family? Here it is. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. The Apostle Paul writes, this is the first commandment with promise that you might live long on the earth, which the Lord your God gives you. So, maybe this young man in Florida that was just sentenced to a life without parole for killing 17 kids in a high school, just maybe that's the result of breaking down this commandment. by parents and kids. It's everywhere. And the globalists don't seem to have too much care about it. Why? Because it's actually helping to accomplish their agenda. They desire to see the chaos and the breakdown of the family because that, they believe, is necessary for them to gain ultimate dominion and control and bring in a counterfeit Christ figure to solve it all purportedly. Out there in California, Encinitas, Union School District, the board promoted a family-friendly drag show just this last week. Brittany Mayer, a parent, said, "Uh, I'm not going to put up with this. She protested the advertising of the family-friendly drag show on the website of her school's school. It promoted a strip show or a Fifty Shades of Grey read-aloud as long as it's labeled family-friendly. So the mother, Brittany Mayer, among many mama bears across the nation who have confronted school officials for adopting cultural and political agendas they believe are harmful to their children, she developed an innovative argument that caught fire on the social media. She was following on Twitter under the account Rooted Wings and told the board she wanted to know just what it is that makes a drag show family-friendly. 
Then she reasoned that the family-friendly label can be slapped on anything, including gentlemen's clubs, strip shows, Fifty Shades of Grey readouts, and an event featuring all the sex secrets of Kama Sutra for kids and families. To make her point, she then described using graphic terms exactly what goes on at drag shows where children are present, as documented countless times with video posted on social media and platforms. Then she, and I'm not going to read the paragraph in which she got more graphic, I'm not going to read it, but what she did was basically slap this school board in the face. She says, family-friendly? You owe us an answer. And she's right. She says, you all got caught with your sparkly panties down. And while we have a culture that has a massive problem with child porn, sex trafficking, you, a little school district board of adults, made a decision to hypersexualize young children. That effectively makes this board a groomer, she said. And you all play the activist pimp, noting that among the sponsors of the Halloween event are a transgender surgery center and a gay nightclub. She said, you should all be ashamed. She said there are boundaries, and you don't slap family-friendly titles on stuff to cover your rear end. That's not the word she used. Now, she's speaking to one more manifestation of the effort to destroy the family. To completely undermine both morality parental authority, and to demoralize the children so that they will be sexualized and free to do as the government tells them, gives them the freedom to do without parental authority. Now, I'm going to finish up with a different spin here, a little different. Albert Moeller, a very respected spiritual leader, is warning Christian schools now. He says, you will lose your school if families don't affirm your ministry. Now, this is very close to heart for me because I served on the board as a Christian day school, a Christian elementary and junior high school, and a Christian university. And I saw the same pattern in every single one of them. By the way, Moeller is the president of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and uh, he said his experience should serve as a warning to other faith-based schools. There's a message here for our schools. Don't fool yourself. If a school claims to be a religious school, Catholic or Protestant or evangelical, and it recruits students from families that are left-wing and not committed to those doctoral beliefs, then shame on you. You will lose your school. And there will be no question that you will lose it. And you will bear responsibility for losing it. The losing is your fault because you claimed at one and the same time to gain the advantage of a religious identity, a Christian identity, 
when you are basically undercutting your own message by selling your product and recruiting students from families that are avowedly opposed to your theological morality. Who's fooling whom here? I agree with him wholeheartedly. I have stood and became persona non grata, both in a Christian elementary and junior high school and in a Christian university where I served as a member of the nominating committee and uh, the student life task force and was given a responsibility to do a complete spiritual study and analysis of the entire university. I had to stand against the president, against long-standing members of the board of directors, because they were on a full court press in order to grow the university. They had to make compromises to bring in students claiming it was for evangelism purposes. We're going to evangelize them. We're going to bring in these non-believers in. That was their whole motivation. You know why they had that motivation? It had almost nothing whatsoever to do with saving people from sin. It had to do with raking in more money for programs. And they just used that evangelism thing as a ruse, a justification to undermine the very substance of what they were selling to the parents to bring their kids to a Christian school. I am so sorry, friends, to have to tell you that. It's from coast to coast. Albert Moeller is right. In effect, what he's saying is, you purportedly Christian schools are actually becoming agents of the destruction of the family. The moral destruction of the family using the name of Christ to do it for false motivations. Now, that's speaking truth to power, friends. You may not like it, but it is true. From coast to coast, and now when finally, I've been doing this for 50 years, but when Albert Moeller comes out this week and makes this same statement, Maybe it's too late to say you're sorry. The damage has been done. But wherever there's hope, you and I, as parents, have a responsibility to stand. And having done all to stand, to stand, have our loins girt about with truth. Do it today. Get a copy of the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church, declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 